What's up, everybody? We're back with the second installment of the Force Sensitive, and today we have a new guest. And I gotta, t- I gotta say, from the first episode, we've got a lot of feedback already saying how much they appreciate the breath of fresh air. And I, I've talked to, actually to Pinkerton and Adam, a few other people, and like I think it is the smart idea. Tyler L hit me up and said he enjoyed the show, and I was like, dude, do you want to get on? And he was like, no, man, give new people a shot. So. Speaking of new people, today we are joined by, you've heard him ask questions, you've heard his name be mentioned, but you maybe have never heard the man, Joe B. I'm a boy. (laughs) Joe boy. (laughs) That's what the B stands for. What's going on, guys? Mm. Gort, how are you? I'm doing well. Are you ready to, to tackle another show? Yes, I am. All right. Any, any, did you get any interesting feedback from the first one that you want to share or just want to dig in? I think the uh, most interesting one was from my sister. She told me that she'd completely forgotten about the news article with my mom waiting online for tickets uh, for episode one. And I'd actually like to find that paper. That's got to be somewhere. Make sure it's not ruined in a basement. Did I? I can't remember whether I said it or not, but did I talk about the water balloon story involving episode one? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was something else. So, Joe... Yeah. Joe, you're yep. not to not to uh, put you on the spot and not to make you feel away, um, mm. but you're a, a bit longer in the tooth than us, correct? Oh my goodness, you gonna start it out like that? Well, we got <laughs> we got to start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, I'm I'm 42. Okay, so not right now. not much older, but old enough to kind of experience the drop. The you know the I, 77. Yeah, well, not quite. I mean, I was when that came out. Let's see. I was born in late '76. I was a bicentennial baby, so May '77. I was just a. You I know, got you. I'm still in diapers. I got so, you. But but yeah, I I do remember some things from from early on. And, and before we dig into that, I, I will say um, that last episode was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, as you guys were talking to Calum and kind of going chronologically somewhat, it was really bringing up a lot of of things and a lot of memories that things I'd forgotten. Yeah. So it's doing it for me. I'm sure it's doing it for a lot of other people too. So yeah, I'm I'm all on board for this, and I I'm honored to be to be a part of it. So I think yeah, yeah. it's our pleasure. And Gort Gort did all that himself. He 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 sorted you out. He handled all the logistics of it. He hit me up and asked me if I had the time on this day at this time, and I was like, yep. So he deserves a lot of the credit for that. Now tell me, oh, yeah. what is your first memory of Star Wars? Right. So my first memory does go back to 1980 believe it or not, with the release of Empire Strikes Back. So I remember I had a cousin who was a collector. He had all the G.I. Joe, all the Star Wars things. And I remember going with him and his mom to watch Empire in the theater. And I remember the theater it was in. But I, and, and all I remember that, about that experience is two things. I remember the Hoth battle and the Wampa creature. And I remember the curtains on the side of the theater. You remember when they used to do that? Oh, they had yeah, the yeah. Curtains definitely. Hanging down. And I was freaking out. I was like, does that go straight to the next theater? Like, what, what's going on over there? Mine didn't peel back. Okay. Did yours peel back? Uh, yeah, you could move it. Really? Yeah. Ours were but like kind of stuck, like decorative. It, it, it was decorative. Mm. Uh, it was, I guess, sound dampening. You know, it had some purpose, but, it, you know, obviously it didn't go into the next theater. But, you know, I'm. Just a little tyke. I don't know. Right. But yeah, so so that was my first. And, and then my second, just, just moving up, was I remember my uncle, so this is my mom's brother, taking me to see Return of the Jedi. 
And I remember I was young enough to where I was frustrated that I couldn't read the subtitles mm. under what Jabba was saying hmm. in the throne room. So those, those are my, my two early memories. And from them on, then on, it's always been, yeah, I, did, I've been a fan since then. Did you have, uh, so you, did you see them out of order? Yeah, so. You saw two, five, four, wait, six? Wait, well, yeah, yeah. So five, six. And then four would have been later, but really? I was so young in watching those. I, I didn't, it really didn't take, you know how you might watch some things when you're little mm-hmm. and then you watch it again as you get older, let's, let's say eight, nine years old, you start seeing it with a little different light, more maturity oh, yeah. and all. So that, that's when things really start to sink in. But that, that early on those got plugged in and, and it was out of order. So it was five, six. And then one. It's, and I remember I was never as big a fan of one as I was the other two. And that's that's true to this day. Huh. Wow. It's it's funny to me because you're the third person now that's been <laughs> I've been involved with on this show in some regard that is watched that didn't see them in the in the release order. And it's yeah. like it's just becoming a more and more common thing. Which yeah. is which is fascinating to me. Um, did you, I think if it had happened as an adult, mm-hmm. it would be a more, bit more jarring as opposed to as a kid. Right. But, but it, you know, exactly. You, you don't really understand the sequence, but again, as you get older, it means more to you. But as a kid, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You're just watching star Wars. Oh, okay. This is great. Love it. Did, uh, did you, did you collect as a kid? Did you have like the three and three quarter? I did not. Huh. So, wow. and I've thought a lot about this, and people ask me it, that same question: Did you collect? And really, I didn't collect any Star Wars of anything until I was well into my teens. Really? So, and I, I think that it's for two reasons. One, I was into GI Joe and Transformers, uh-huh. and I, I'm a tinkerer. You know, so I, I love flipping the stuff back and forth, and I love playing with my GI Joe stuff. The Star Wars figures, I just didn't think were as good. Yeah. And I didn't have room, and we didn't have the budget to, to go into another line. So I just, I never got into it. But I think why I find that fascinating is because, you know, the Transformers and the G.I. Joe would have come later, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and it did, and that, that's probably part of it, because I am a little bit of a completionist. So, like, if I miss some of that early stuff, oh, I can't get that. If I can't get the original stuff, now I'm not going to start it now and then have to go back and find it. And, of course, this is back before Internet and eBay and all those things. It would be impossible to find that stuff. So I, I'm, I'm not even going to mess with it. I wonder if you – like, I wonder if maybe that stuff just hit at the right time for you. Like, if maybe you were too young for the toys – you know what I mean? When when you were seeing them oh, in, the, sure. in the theater, but then when you got a little older, that's when the G.I. Joe and all that stuff started dropping, and, and that was just... 100%. See, because when I well, got into it, it was like everything everything was out. Like Transformers yeah. sat next to Star Wars, which sat next to G.I. Joe, which sat next to He-Man, which sat next to... You know what I mean? Like, it was oh, all yeah. accessible. Yeah. Yep. But huh. at the same time, you know, it, it was a G.I. Joe and Transformers, that was a, a TV series. Right. So that was something you could connect to more frequently as opposed to the Star Wars, which was, was very limited. And this, this was before the fiction and the video games and all the, the stuff there. So I, I think I, I had more to digest and it was kind with of, the other properties. And it was kind of before home video became a norm. You know, like, yeah. like yeah. It, it, home video used to be expensive. 
Oh, ab- absolutely. Did, did you guys ever um, ever have any experience with the Betamax machines? No. I Back not. before the VHS came out, so I did. So I, I remember the, the beta days. That's what my dad chose to go with. It was kind of like the the HD drive versus the Blu-ray, right. you know, which was going to win. So that, that was what was going on at that time. And then VHS came out, of, of course. But, but we had the early Betamax machine. I don't remember ever having the Star Wars movies on that. I, I think it wasn't until later in the 80s when we finally got the, the trilogy. And I've, I've still got the original trilogy on VHS tape. I've got that one from the 80s. I, I don't even have anything to play it on now. Right. But it's got that original artwork around all three movies. You know, this is before the re-release in the late 90s. So let me ask this. Were you a were you like would you consider yourself like a like a big fan of it when you were a kid or did you just kind of watch it and keep it moving? I was a fan, and it was you know, Empire has always been my favorite movie of all time of all of them. Mm-hmm. It's always been Empire, and I think it's because of not just the reveals of the stories, but the I'll call it the religious aspect that was yeah, that was revealed to us during that. And so I, I do remember I was always someone at an early age who tried to dig into religion and look at look at different aspects of it. And to me I saw a lot of similarities between, you know, what people practice in the real world and what I was seeing on the screen. And I just I just always thought that was fascinating. So it, it kept me plugged in. Um, I also did have a few friends uh, early on who were also fans, and, and I remember one guy, and uh, I think, Gord, you and I might have talked about this the other day, but there was um, – do you guys remember the old LaserDisc format? Yes. So, <laughs> I remember that was pretty much the only way that you could see these things on a widescreen format for a long time. Right. Y'all remember that? Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't I, have I, one. I do remember so well, I didn't either, but it was it was at school. Huh. So I remember our school had one, and somehow somebody got hold of a copy of one of the movies, and there were things that you could see in the films on that widescreen format that you couldn't see in the four by three. Right, and it was things, especially in Empire. Where you have like the the guy carrying, <laughs> I want to say it's a bag of ice because of the freaking Family Guy thing. But you know, walking beside Han and Leia in the Hoth tunnels, you know, you see yeah. him there. And you don't really notice it on the other. There's a, another scene where one of the generals, as a hologram, is is you know, uh, throwing his hands up in the air like his ship just got destroyed. You know, little things like that that you couldn't see <laughs> on the four by three. And there's it's, I remember stuff. being so hungry for all those extra things because that's all we had was the three movies Mm. that's all we had so any time that that you could add to that even if it was the original i was all about it so i I was always a fan of that degree but not to where i was collecting would you have gort you had something to add there yeah the biggest one for me with that is you know the sand people i could see one of them now and it would walk around from the bantha but it was cropped out in yeah yeah never saw that Right. Yep. That, right. And I remember the day that I saw that. I was like, ah! There he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, it used to it used to drive me nuts, and I used to think I was the idiot. You know, like I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, everybody, everybody can see it except for me, I guess. Um, and also, like, I think the the attack on Echo Base, you you didn't 
like in the four by three, it was like it, it didn't look like it was that big of a deal. But when you saw the widescreen, there's like two or three more walkers. There's ATSTs. There's like it's like oh okay, this is like a force coming. It gave it a lot more scale. Yes, than what it had yes. before. And somebody asked me the question. I was talking about this with a buddy of mine. What drove the four by three format for TVs? Why? Why? Why that? You know, how, how long has films been sixteen by nine? Yeah, I don't know. I would. I, I would, I would a good question. I would guess it had to do with the way they were shooting actual television, and they weren't planning like it was. They were probably like, "This is the television format." You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, you right. know. And then when you started doing movies at home on the home TV, then they just had to adapt the cinema to the home TV. But they were maybe initially never intended to be the same thing. You know what I mean? Well, that, that's a good point because now, now I remember. You remember there was a case that one of the movie studios had that that brought it up high in the Supreme Courts, saying, "Hey, people shouldn't be able to watch this stuff over and over again. They need to be paying for it." Yeah, that's after VHS <laughs> and Betamax first came out. Because we didn't see much widescreen home releases until the like the widescreen television became like a big uh-huh. deal. Mm-hmm. Let me so ask. I, let me ask you. Ahead. Moving on, so you're you're like you're heavy into it. You're you you love the lore. You're even at a young age. You're digging into it maybe a bit deeper than most kids were, which is a, a, a separate conversation that I think I'm going to diverge into before I ask you what I was getting ready to ask you. But like for me, what's fascinating to me about Star Wars is that like as a kid. I liked, you know, Han Solo hanging out with his dog and shooting people in a bar and, you know, creatures in Jabba's palace giving you a little dance and all this stuff. And then, you know what I mean? And then as I got a little older, I I liked like the spaceships and like the dog fighting and all that kind of stuff. And then as I got older, I started to appreciate the kind of, uh, you know, the religious elements of it. And then as I got older, I started to appreciate the political elements of it. And it's like what I love about Star Wars is kind of constantly evolved, but for yep. you to be digging in so deep so quick did you do you think you appreciated all of it or did you end up appreciating more of the I, I hate to say it but for lack of a better term the fun parts later on the the fun parts for me i've always kind of felt like they're for someone else hmm. wow. for for me i'm in it for the force and I, I i and like you i have come to appreciate the political aspect of what's what's behind this world um the the gangsters shooting and all you know that all all that's fine but the the relationships in with the the families and what it means for the grander scale of of the galaxy and how that ties into what the emperor is doing that that all just fascinated me along with the technology of the time as well so one of the other things i remember early on was getting i'm sure you guys have at some point gotten those books that really dig deep into the models behind the, oh, yeah. the things that were in star wars so that, i mean they'd have cutaways of it they'd have little descriptions they, little behind the scenes things you remember in the tantive 5 they said, that, I guess uh, it is the Tantive Five, right? They, there's a little miniature Playboy hanging up on one of the walls that you could just see through one of the windows. You you remember really? that? No, uh-uh. I didn't yeah. know about that. Yeah, so I, I had all that stuff. There, there was a book that had, I think, all three movies. There was things from all three of them. And then in the end, there was a few things on Indiana Jones in the back. But that, that was the kind of stuff I, I love, that technology, because I'm an engineer myself, so I, I love 
that aspect of it as well. So that the marriage of technology and and that religious aspect, the mysticism, the the force, that's always what drove me. But you know, the the chases were you know they're fine, the uh-huh. battles are fine, but that that's that's not what kept me in it. That's pretty because, interesting though for, for at such a young age. Let me ask you, what you yeah. if, if that, so Empire one hundred percent makes sense to be your favorite given your kind yep. of sensibilities, but like. I, I'm tempted to ask you to put them all in order, but at the very least, give me the next two. The next two. This is going to be a little, maybe a little offbeat from what some of the others might say. I'm going to say my second favorite is episode three. Okay. That, 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 that's that after makes Jedi. Uh, that no, that's no, after uh, Empire. That's Re- Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And it's because of the reveals of what we have from primarily the Emperor. But that makes sense. Has, that makes sense yeah. to me because it's still dealing with the Force. It's still dealing with the like kind of mysticism and family elements. So exactly. Episode three was in my in my guess for you for your next three. Now, mm-hmm. now give me your last one. The the one I like the least. No, or, no, 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 no. Number uh, three. Uh, your top three. Uh, no, number three top. Um, Number three's got to be Jedi, hmm. because of because of the things that happened between Luke, Vader, and the Emperor. Mm-hmm. There, I just felt like it had so much weight for what it meant to everything else. And, and then, what's your least favorite? Solo. Yeah, that makes sense. See, uh, I, there, there was because there was it's, nothing, it's not me, what he enjoys about Star Wars. Yeah, it, it really isn't. It, to me, it's insignificant. I don't There's nothing there that really affects anything that's happened before or since. I can't disagree with that. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, it was fine. I didn't hate it, but it 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 really didn't do anything for me. Right. Where do you put Last Jedi? Uh, I would say it's in the right in the middle, uh, toward mm-hmm. the top tier. I only ask because that's another one that deals heavily with the mysticism yeah, and the. It, well, it, it does, but to be honest with you, the the sequel trilogy, I'm really withholding my final judgment on that until I see what happens in episode nine. Right. Because I yeah. don't feel like enough has been revealed about seven or eight mm-hmm. to help us fully appreciate or understand what's happened there. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of I'm holding it in reserve. Episode episode eight had some really good moments. That I really enjoyed. I had some feels during some of that. Man, when when Luke came and talked to Leia, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, man! I, I mean, I, I I was crying. Yeah, I, yeah, I was. yeah, yeah. So it, it had moments, but overall, as a film, it 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 wasn't what I was hoping for. Interesting. I find that interesting. That and uh, that's maybe the only surprising answer regarding your 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 kind of hierarchy based on what you seem to find like alluring about these movies. Mm-hmm. So all of that was a divergence in the force, for yep. lack of a better term, to ask you this. Being a mega fan, not being into the kind of merchandising elements of it, which is bananas, because <laughs> like, you, you know, only because this entire franchise it has only been able to survive based on its ability oh, to merchandise. Absolutely. Um, what, did you, what did you do during the dark times? I'll tell you what fed it, and I, I was talking to someone about this the other day. It was when the video games started coming out. I see. 
So Which early games did on, you start with. Yep. Yeah. So there was um, Empire Strikes Back was a game that came out, I believe, on the. I can't remember if it was the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo. Oh, Super Empire Strikes Back. They did Super, yeah. Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, they Super did, Return of the Jedi. So as I went back, kind of thinking back, like what kind of kept me into this as I go through adolescence and, and all those things, it was the games. Hmm. So um, it, it was the NES system oh, and really? the things that came out with that. Yep. I, yep. I never played Super, any Super NES. Um, actually, I've got one, the classic NES that came out a couple years ago. I'm sure you guys remember. Yeah. Um, I ended up buying one on eBay that somebody had thrown like a couple hundred games on there, and there's there's a Star Wars game on there, and I, I'll play that freaking thing. Hmm. So, but but then really, there was an Empire Strikes Back game that I, I was just enamored with. And then as you go into the late 90s, as I start, um, I'm still in college at the time, and I have the ability to buy and build my own PCs. So I was doing that for a time, and and really I was making my own gaming system. Uh And around that time, that's when things like Jedi Academy and Republic Commando and TIE Fighter, some of that was coming out that really started to build that world, which kind of led into the re-release of the original trilogy in the theaters that was 97 yeah i think it was well was it 90s was it as late as 97 gort i can't remember special um, edition yeah the, yeah 97 yeah in my head it's like in my head it's not two just two years prior do you know what i mean like right. when i look back on it it's like seems like the space between the the special edition and episode one was like i mean it might as well have been a decade you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um well, no, it, so it wasn't that far ahead of episode one right, coming out. Right. Uh, in fact, they released all three of those the same year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But what yeah. I remember about those releases was it was, I was still going to the theater. Now, I, I was in college at the time, and believe it or not, I was still, I was dating my would be wife at the time. And I remember her going with me and watching at least two of those films, but it was the time where I could really appreciate being in the theater and seeing those things. But at the same time, I also saw other fans and like, Oh my God, this guy knows everything that Jabba says and he's saying it along with it. So I was a little freaked out at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) My my wife sometimes gets angry at me for doing the beeps. (laughs) Like I'll do R2's beeps. Along with right. the movie, like, and I, I have like the melody down for like, you know, all the beeps and uh, and she'd be like, all right, look, she 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 has paused it in the past and been like, look, <laughs> I can't do the beeps, okay, I can't do the beeps. Um, oh, but yeah, I, yeah, I know how that is. But how is she with the whoa? <laughs> well, you know what's funny, dude, is is like the, the you know when they're going into Jabba's palace and he hits the, the like that one. Yeah. <laughs> like Adam and I always do that. Like whenever like uh, anything seems like suspect, like if like you know if we get a steak and it gets into the table and it looks a little overcooked, and we're like I don't know, and we go to cut into it to check, and as we're cutting into it, we'll be like, mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Had she yeah. seen? Had she seen the movies before? Or was this her first she time? Hadn't. This was her first time. So you know, growing up, she was more into like New Kids on the Block and all right. that mess. Well, you know, she didn't give a crap about any of this stuff. So, so I, I, let me ask this because uh, I remember this vividly with my wife. But like, 
what was her first impressions of after seeing it, and also what was her impressions of you being a fan of it prior to have seen it, seeing it? She really didn't care, mm-hmm. but she went because it was important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think had she been someone else who really didn't care about me, or you know, she wasn't the one. It, it would have gone a lot differently, but right. but for her, she knew it was important to me, and so she really made an effort to to watch them, to try and understand. I mean, hey, she didn't think any less of me, but it was um it was just different. It wasn't her bag, which was fine, but I, I think she found a respect for it after going through it. It's but, it's funny because I, I like it's one of the things I'm enjoying. I don't know if you feel the same way, Gore, but about doing this is that like. As I'm talking to people, uh, it, like it makes me think about and remember things in my life about it. And I remember, Absolutely. yeah, dude. And I remember telling my wife that like I was a huge fan of Star Wars, and you could see in her face the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> like, be- because it was probably so off-putting to her. Like it, for those, um, like the the Patreon episode I just put out today with the just Q and A. I think. You know, just asks like, "What was your first impressions of him?" And like, she was like, "You know, he was just he was mysterious, and he had his head." And like, so I was, so she says that word, right? So she doesn't really know what makes me tick. And then when she like, I I was I hung out with a very like a tough group of guys, and I'm sure that was not what she expected to hear out of my mouth, mm-hmm. like pretty mm-hmm. early on. And you know, to get a look behind the curtain into like what I was interested in, I could see how disappointed she was. And she didn't like him like for the longest time. She like, she had a stigma about it. It wasn't until years and years later, probably, uh, revenge of the Sith before she started getting into him. And, you know, we dated before the special editions came out. Now, how, how long was it that you guys dated before she found out you were a fan? Uh, I don't I don't know exactly. I know that she came over to my house. Like she came in the the back door so to speak. Um of uh, like my mm-hmm. in my basement we had a sliding glass door and it was like if if the if the burglar bar was on it, then I wasn't there. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like how my house is now where people just walk in. And if my door is unlocked, I'm home and come on in. And if it's locked, then I'll be back later. And that's how it was with this burglar bar. So like people came in and out of my basement all hours of the night. Her and a friend of hers, Maria, came by and they like it was early on after we had started talking and like she couldn't have caught me at a worse time. But like uh, Brutus and I were Brutus and I were hanging out there and we had this like huge game of 40K <laughs> going on, like on the carpet. And mm. like <clears throat> what she doesn't understand is that, you know, is that we all we, we had painted these miniatures and glued them and put them together and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we were, right. we were playing a game where we had to, like, learn some rules in order to do it and that kind of stuff. All she walks in is seeing these two <laughs> these two teenagers that are, like, kind of known for being kind of t- – well, not me necessarily, but Brutus was, like, a real tough guy. And, like, she walks in and, like, we're just down on the floor playing with these miniatures. Like, I'm sure she thought we were, like, pew-pewing across the floor, which we wouldn't have been above. Um, (laughs) but but it just, it wasn't the case. But, uh, after that, you know, like it's just everything she learned. Like I, I I think she wanted, I don't know. I think she was just like, wow, like he's not, he's not exactly who I thought he was. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just interesting to me because I I remember, you know, now Star Wars is like a part of my family. It's like my kids are named after Star Wars characters. Like, 
you know, we go to vacation to go to a celebration and, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but back then, I mean, it took her a long time to come around. And uh, it wasn't until episode three where she was like, I, I get this now. Like, I'm into it. Uh, so for you, it was more of a, it was more jarring for her than maybe for my wife, who I, I think probably learned it pretty early on in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So as we saw the movies, it really wasn't a, a shock to her you know, after seeing him. So, right. Yeah. So how does your wife feel about the movies now? She doesn't care. Still. (laughs) No. Uh, in fact, I don't even think, let's see. She did go to see episode eight. She liked it, but for much different reasons. She likes the, um, the little, uh, caretakers of the Jedi temple on the Island. And, and when the, <laughs> when the cart gets knocked over by the rocks and it, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. very different. And, and I, I understand Disney and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to appeal to all these folks. I get it. I get it. I'm not mad at it, but yeah, you know, once I want something made for me. Well, you don't do you, th- well, see, cause I think, I mean, this gets into a side conversation, but I think the last Jedi is made for you. You know, I, I really do in terms of its there, topics. There are parts of it that are. <clears throat> I, I agree, hundred percent. I think that Rogue One, tone wise, is made for this age. You know, mm-hmm. of fan. Uh, but topic wise, like I don't know if you'll ever get anything that close to it again. Well, Rogue One. No, uh, uh, Last Jedi. Yeah, you know, Last Jedi, and I agree there are elements. But when you look at the percentage of time spent on that versus everything else and maybe maybe it just seems like they spent more time on all the fluff uh to me it 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 wasn't it was a very small part of the movie very valuable and i I still love it for that but all all the rest of it the the slow crawling chase through space and some of those things the the canto bite and all that i I could i skipped through it yeah no in fact the movie's still on netflix i'll fast forward until it gets to the throne room scene and i'll watch it but until the end, even there. even fast forwarding that, you're missing a lot of like the 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 kind of the religious stuff that go like there are, there's some of that yeah you know before because like I mean if you think about it she's on the island dealing with Luke and learning about the Force like having a conversation about the Force for the entire first half of the movie, mm-hmm. but it's intercut yep. amongst the other stuff obviously it, it is it is and to me it's not it's not worth me sitting through all the other stuff. Hmm. in order to get to the things I really want to see. That's interesting. So, um, so uh, what was your take on the special editions after seeing them? I liked them a lot until we got really to Jedi. With and the, you know the part I'm going to talk about. <laughs> the Muppet Show? Yeah. Big mouth uh, <laughs> CGI character. His tonsils right there in front of everybody. Oh, my God. Oh, I love but, and I love Lapty Neck, man. I love the original. I have like eight different. I like, dude. I have remixes of Lapty Neck that were like on SoundCloud. I'm like, yep, I'm buying this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, other day, it just it seems so jarring because it's like this doesn't belong here, and, and not because I've seen this movie. I don't know how many dozens of times, but just to someone watching it for the first time, it, it looks like it just doesn't belong. And I know it's George Lucas playing with his new technology toys, toys and. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it, and I know it was kind of a a trial run, getting yeah. ready, for what getting ready to do for episode nine. But uh, so I can kind of forgive it for that. But I, I just I roll my eyes when I see that stuff, man. I'm like, come on, you know. And I think that um, 
there's also like you know to bring it back to like the the you know the the wheelbarrow getting knocked over with the boulder and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like there is like i think people's perception of star wars mine included they're all so skewed because like <laughs> you know what i mean because like at at this point i've probably seen the special editions just as much as i've seen the originals oh probably more I don't. You, I don't you even I don't. watch the originals now. No, no, not now. No, but like my, I got a um, a story. Like a, a, a just recently, I bumped into um, like in the last year, I bumped into a guy who worked with my father, and uh, you know he was catching up with me and everything else, and he was like, "Dude, he was like, you were the easiest kid in the world to babysit." My my father was a fireman, and you know, like his whole shift would like chomp at the bit to babysit me. Uh, for the money because they, they were like, dude, you were so easy. Like we all like would hustle to have that spot because all we, we knew we had to do was show up at your house, put the tape of Star Wars on, and then rewind it every two hours and we could do whatever else we wanted. You would just sit there and watch it the entire time. So like I watched it an awful lot. So I don't know. I don't know if I've seen the special editions more or not. But So you're, you're looking cumul- cumulatively. Correct. Correct. You've seen it more. That do you think if you saw the old versions now, it would be a little jarring to you? I, I think parts of it. Like I think like size noodles might not hold up anymore. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like because it was just like the the puppeteering was so rudimentary. You know, um, you know. Great. What for about the the, uh, the the phallus coming out of the sarlacc? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I don't like that. At yeah, all. I don't like. I don't like that though. It's like because it, it, it made it seem like a plant. Yeah. It, it never looked right. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I, I thought there was something more menacing about just this, absolutely this, this unknown. Absolutely, I, like but, to, but to, people make the same argument about the wampa, but mm-hmm. that's something I think we did need to see. I think it works either way, but I agree with you. I think it's yeah. more rewarding to see that creature, and it works a lot better as a guy because it feels like Star Wars as a guy in a suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like yep, it fits. I, I don't even know if I thought the star like was like a living thing. You know, when I was a kid. Like, I, I know the information is in the movie, like, slowly digested over that. You know, I, I know all that is in there. But, like, as a kid, I'm not sure if I conceptualized that. It just seemed like this dangerous pit to fall in. There was, right. a, there was a board game I had as a kid. It was, like, a cardboard. Uh, like, you opened the box, and then you used one half of the box as, like, the Sarlacc pit. And they had these, like, cardboard pieces that fit in it to, like, make it into a funnel that went down to the bottom of the box. Huh. And then it had a sail barge that went across the two corners diagonally from the box. And the sa- sail barge sat on these two, like, you know, 90-degree angle cardboard pieces that sat down in it. And then it was, like, a, a game. And you rolled dice and you moved across the Sarlacc. And if you pushed people too far, they would fall off into the pit. And you know what I mean? Like, Yep. Um it was great, but I was saying all this to to ask you a question when we uh before, oh uh, so, so the reason why I was saying like have you you know you know people seeing Star Wars differently and their their vision of Star Wars and how they see Star Wars is skewed is because like if all you've seen now not you but the general you is the special editions and then you know the prequel trilogy and then the sequel trilogy like the wheelbarrow scene fits. Because like all that stuff is in the DNA of it now. Like it's it's yeah, like the it, stuff it that is. Gort was talking about with the, the the robot hitting that thing down, <laughs> or the Kalen right. was talking about. Kalen um, brought it up. Yeah, yeah. Like like because all that stuff is now like part of the fabric of it, and it's just I mean it's probably just a, you know evidence of George Lucas slowly losing his mind. <laughs> but um, you know now it like the wheelbarrow scene doesn't necessarily fit with seventy seven Star Wars, but it does kind of fit with ninety seven Star Wars. Yeah, I, I'm down with that. Hmm. Yeah, like I, said, I, I 
I'm not mad at it, but that's what appealed to to her. Right. And the girls. <laughs> right, right, and, right. You know, that, that was for them. It wasn't for me. But yeah, I'll take it. Dude, know, I'll take it. It was fun. Yeah. Anything that gets my kids to like it one little bit more. I'll be like, oh, exactly. yeah, they're, they're my favorite. The little frog nuns, they're great. Uh huh. Um, the right. porks. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, there's, uh, go ahead. Quick with the frog nuns. Yeah. There was a deleted <laughs> scene where, you know, Ray kind of storms in on one of their parties and, you know, ready to fight somebody. Dude, I love that scene. Is made a fool. And that's something that I wish was left in the movie. It's, you know, there's more the comedic element to it, but that I think is also part of Luke's lessons and exactly. would have fit better with maybe what you might want, Joe. I agree. Dude, that, you, I agree. Did you watch it's that scene? Lesson. Yep. Dude, where, where he talks yep. about like, you know, would you have stayed here to police this area after you had righted the wrong? Or would you be here uh-huh. six months later when the pirates return in full force and decimate this village? Like, yeah. God, man, like, yeah, I wish that was in as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. That's what I'm that movie you. needed more of and less, uh, you know, horse race through Cantabite. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, and I don't hate that. Like, uh, to me, that seems like it's part of the fun. Like, you know, but I also enjoyed, like, you know, creatures hanging out at the bar. It was, like, my favorite thing when I was a kid. But, like, I just didn't need as much of it. It was, like, the pod race sequence, you know? Like, I, I, I enjoy the pod race sequence. I just, maybe I don't need all three laps. Maybe the pod race just needs to be one big lap. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel a way about the pod race. I, I kind of want more of it, but there was a deleted scene <laughs> with the flamethrower. Why wasn't that in the movie? Oh, That's yeah, awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. It's in yeah, the video yeah. game. Can, yeah. I, can I make a confession? Sure. Yeah. So on the N64, I bought that pod race. It was awesome. Game. <laughs> it was awesome, that game. Dude, soup up your pod racer? Uh, yeah. I, you know, kind of customize a little bit, make your own. And, yeah. Dude, I enjoyed it. remember there was the sequel on the PlayStation? Uh, I, I think it's PlayStation 2. It was Racer Revenge. I didn't get that one. No. It, it, it was pretty much like the same concept. And Anakin, you know, returns as an adult, like a Jedi adult. What? And Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I and gotta look into you got, this. I think extra points for killing all the other racers by the time you ended the race. <laughs> that was super cool. Oh my god! <clears throat> not not to get uh, off topic and kind of maybe bring it back a little bit, but Joe did, uh, and we're gonna get into this a bit here in a second. But I just recently found this YouTube video. It's two hours long, uh, and I've been making my way through it kind of as a go to sleep tool. But you know, listening to ten minutes or fifteen minutes here because it's very dry. But it's about like a breakdown of the philosophy and psychology of Kriya or Darth Treya, depending on your okay disposition. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, like he digs so deep into that character, that character's kind of uh, you know outlook on life and in the Force and her intentions, her motivations, and it's real quick. It's for fascinating. The that is a uh, character from Knights of the Old Republic too. Correct. Yep. Just so everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she kind of like yeah. her intentions were kind of to destroy the force. Um, it's it's right. like it's not unlike Kylo in a way. Um, but anyway, it's uh, I'm gonna forward just if I don't. Uh, the reason why I'm saying it, if I don't send it to you, remind me to send it please. to you. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, please do because I, I was reminded recently because because now that I have my my man cave, I'm actually able to put books and some other things out. And I found a Star Wars book that I bought a while ago called Star Wars and Philosophy. Mm. so i i'm someone who loves digging into all that stuff yeah just remind me if i don't get it to you because my memory isn't okay isn't the most yeah. dependable thing in the world yeah 
did you dig into because it was around this time a little bit prior but did you dig into any of the novels or you know what what ended up becoming the eu i i remember reading one of the books that supposedly took place right after return of the jedi and it, it was luke skywalker and and uh leia and han kind of you know what takes place after but it, it was so long ago i really don't remember all that much about it i really didn't pick the books up again until maybe six seven years ago hmm. when we started getting a lot more of the the novels and, and i don't know what it is I, for some reason i just didn't feel like i i, I don't know it, it it didn't fit with my vision of of what all was going on, or maybe I didn't feel like it was official enough. And maybe it was just immaturity. I, I wasn't ready to take on all that, all the other fiction that came along with it because I, it wasn't official, uh, Lucasfilm or, or star Wars, uh, Canon at the time. Was it, um, um it, nobody was, I, I don't know how they treated it, but it was definitely a licensed product and everything. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I really can't explain why I didn't get into it. I the, think, where you get a lot of the connections are when Dark Empire started coming out and there were connections with that. It was the same writer involved with it as the Jedi Academy trilogy. Or No, am I getting it? No, I'm getting it backwards. I'm thinking Tales of the Jedi with uh, X.R. Kuhn, who oh. did show the Jedi Academy as a, as a, like a Sith Force ghost. Mm -hmm. and, um, but also, uh, the book you're mentioning, uh, that's Truce at Bakura, if but, I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. And I don't remember <laughs> right, it much either, right. but it's I terrible. don't recall it being very it's good. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to say. that turned me off to it, because I'm like, this is crap. <laughs> yeah, you read, you read, like, there, and, like, when, around that time when those, when those books were coming out, it was, like, the first one that was garbage, and you just happened yeah. to fall for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it and and I wonder what it might have been uh, if you had read Heir to the Empire Correct. first. Correct. Yeah. Um, but so, the reason the reason why I ask is because uh, for one we're, we got to get into Shadows of the Empire, but for two, yeah. um, when it gets into like the the Yuuzhan Vong War, which I'm not a big fan of, but they do start really exploring the Force, um, in, mm -hmm. you know, in, in those books and then kind of beyond. But uh, speaking of, there's two questions I got to do just to bring us up to kind of the the time. So you said you had started collecting when you were in your teens. Yeah. So yeah. this would have been somewhere around this time, right? Like the, the So th this was mid 90s. Mm -hmm. And you'll you'll never guess what it is. Talk to me. It was it was kind of off. You remember the micro machines Star Wars? Of yeah. course. That's what got me in. Now, which ones? Cuz they had a bunch of different stuff. It was a lot of them. I, I had some of the um well, I had the the Millennium Falcon that kind of folded out into two big pieces. I had the Death Star that you pull the tab and it's like three different levels. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's yeah. A, so these are big play sets. There's lots of different little figures. At the time, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of space. Micro Machines is perfect. Do you remember, so the, this, you remember the heads that split in half? Absolutely. So <laughs> Some of them are so terrifying. I, <laughs> so I, you know, the terrifying. R2, the yeah, C3PO. Like the faces were like so, horrifying. It was like, oh my God, please open yeah, this but up. <laughs> you never look at those because you always kind of leave them out in display mode. And Correct. oddly enough, now, again, now that I have space, I just found my box. I had a big box full of these things and I've got them displayed now. Right. But it, awesome. it's all these little tiny figures. In fact, before Father's Day, one of the things I conned my oldest into helping me do was um, some of the little figures like the ATAT -AT and ATSTs, they, they had gotten warped. 
sitting in the box. So we, we got really hot water and softened it up and put it in cold water and, you know, made them good where they could stand. Nice. Age old trick. Yeah. 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 Did, um, old Jedi. did, did you get the vehicles? Cause the vehicles used to come like in three packs or something. If memory serves, I got a lot of vehicles. They were man. great. Those things were yeah. great. They look they so good. Figures too. Yeah. 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 Well, I, you know, there, so it was amazing to me because they were so small and, and the paint and everything really was really good at the time for something mass produced. Cause you, you could certainly tell what this character was and, and where they meant to go. Yeah. Um, a lot of the vehicles, the vehicles did look amazing. Um, there was little packs. There was, there's a bounty hunter pack that came out that had IG 88 and, and Boba Fett and all of them. I mean, that thing goes for pretty good money now. No kidding. Yeah, really? I, I had that as well. So a lot of that kind of stuff. So that that was what I remember as my first Star Wars collectible. And I did it in the college a little bit. Right. Now, I didn't, didn't really have room to display it. You know, I was staying in dorm and all that stuff. But but I I just, for whatever reason, held on to that stuff. And now it's, now it's displayed in my home. And they did early um, on. They did like uh, play sets as well. Like not the ones that folded up, but just like little like half sheet plastics yep. like, yeah 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 like one they might have like so, the pod racer loop and it was like a quarter of the loop and so i didn't have any of the prequel stuff this is all before they came out uh, right so this right, is right. mid 90s the playset stuff i had there was a death star I there's a hoth scene that had the big boob gun yeah on it ion cannon. and and uh what was the oh the indoor, indoor exactly which had the little logs that could roll down yes. and knock over you. Yep. Yes, yes, I remember so, that. And <laughs> the ones that would swing in and smash the yep. ATST. Yep, 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 yep. Absolutely. But it was really amazing, not not only the detail that they put into this, but some of the little gimmicks and tricks in there that you could do was really pretty ingenious. You know, sometimes there, so there's a button on the Hoth, and you could blow up the shield generator. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, like it pushed the three pieces up. There was like three interlocking <laughs> yep. pieces. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yep. there's a part of me that wonders if maybe like the dioramas today aren't scratching that same playset itch from being a kid. Yep, I I, I could see that, and it was it was a miniature diorama, so you yeah. had the whole. And, and again, Empire being my favorite, there was a Boba Fett that folded out that was a, a Cloud City yep. scene, yep, yep. and then uh, one of my other favorites I remember being. Uh, the uh, royal guard that yeah. folded out, and that was the emperor's throne room. Yeah. And so you had the emperor sitting up there with his two guards, and then you could put Luke and Vader right in front of them. And and there was a little uh, the the shield generator was in the part that had folded out, and of course it could blow up. Right, right, so, right. All, all that stuff. Love it. That stuff's Love cool, it. man. Um, so let's talk about Shadows of the Empire at all. Okay. Do you remember what do you? I guess the question is, what do you remember about it? Very little. It's funny because because like Very little, it didn't hit my radar. See, and that's that's a failure. You know what I mean? Because their whole yeah. intention was to hit your radar somehow, some way, mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And you played video games. You did some. Sure did. You did some mild collecting, and that was about the extent of it. But it, you know, so it only would have hit your radar in two places, but both shots fired missed. Well, and it could have been timing, right? Because when that came out, that was late '90s or turn of century era. When when was that? Ninety eight, ninety six. Oh, was it that early? Was it that yeah. early? I couldn't. I yeah. can't. I, my, my memory is uh, yeah. terrible. I, yeah, that's their fault because I, I would have picked that up. I, yeah, I blame I, them. 
could be mistaken on this part, but I think that Shadows of the Empire was a launch title with the N64. Huh. Yeah, it might have been. I definitely had it. I, I, I missed that. No, and maybe that was kind of between when I I really didn't have a game system for a, a few a few years there. So yeah, that that missed me. Interesting. And quick quick question too with the video game. Yeah. Um, for both of you now, Joe, you had played Shadows of the Empire or, or not at all? No, no. Okay, it did not hit my radar. And Bobby, did you play it on the PC or uh, on the Nintendo? PS4. I mean, um. N64. PS4. N64. That's a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I had it on the N64, and I recently discovered that the PC version had a lot of cutscenes that we don't get on uh, on the Nintendo, like filmed with actors and everything. It was very much like uh, Dark Forces 2. Really? Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, because we just had, like, no dialogue, like, just the, like, no, you know, spoken dialogue. It was just words. And like uh, title cards, and impossible like to kill wombos. Yeah, it took quite a bit. Yeah, there was a room with three of them. What are you Dude. supposed to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how bad do you need that spinning rebel symbol in the back there? Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Um, so do you remember the first time that you saw the trailer for episode one? Oh my god, yeah. So you know, I was at at school. And we had internet, and that, that's when everything took forever right. to load. But yeah, I, I remember watching that trailer over and over, and seeing seeing that guy Darth Maul, and just the the skill of the lightsaber duel. Right. I was like, oh my god, I just could not wait to see this thing. It is. It I, mean, is I, was, I was at a ten. It I is. was at a ten interesting to me that like it's one of those trailers that like fans of the franchise like remember where they were when they saw it like the exact mm-hmm. moment yep i think i was uh i was in one of the computer labs because i didn't have my own pc at the time actually i did have one i knew where i was i, I was in a my apartment at the time watching it on the computer mm. yeah awesome <laughs> yeah this is awesome i, I, I still I, mean, I like episode one for what it is but I still want the movie that I thought that was going to be based on that trailer like to this day. Well, I'll, I'll back up on episode one because I, I held those feelings for a long time until I read Darth Plagueis. Because what that did was it really established that world and led into episode one. And you saw the results of everything that happened in that book and how it built up to the atmosphere that you had politically in the Republic at the time and what Palpatine was up to at the time. So when I watch that movie now, it's kind of like taking your medicine. You know, there's, there's some of those things that you just kind of have to get through, Mm -hmm. but it means so much more to me now because of the the retcons. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Exactly. I'm still, I still need to, to read that i'll probably just start over at this point because i made it like a few chapters in i just had too much going on at the time it blows my mind well. you haven't read that i know i know it's just something about something about you know the landscape being what it is now and like knowing that like i'm gonna read this because i fought so long and hard to find this thing in hardcover you know because it went for like a couple mm-hmm. hundred bucks on ebay and yeah because you're uh, collecting specifically the hardcover version correct right? correct yeah yep so i i got it i finally got it for like 30 bucks 
and uh, you know, but by the time I got it, they were like, you know, none of this counts anymore. And I was like, you know, so it's like, do I do I invest the time and energy into this when like it doesn't? I mean, it's not that it doesn't count; it just doesn't necessarily count, I suppose. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, but you know, we've also seen them, you know, pull in some oh, of definitely. those at the same time. Definitely. So. That, yeah, th- this is one of those rare books that I've read multiple times, huh. and I let other people borrow it, and they read it multiple times. Interesting. I, I, I need to read it. I need to stop stop making uh, excuses and get it done. Just get off your butt. Yep. Um. So then you see episode one. Yep. It was great. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> you know, that's, it, it was the first new Star Wars we had gotten in yeah. forever. No, I'm laughing because I felt the same way. I was like, "This is perfect." You know, <laughs> and we're in our uh, let's see, we're young adults. We we give we take whatever they gave us, man. Yeah. I mean, it was it was awesome. And you had Darth Maul and, and the lightsaber scene that we talked about before. Yeah. We get to see Palpatine yeah. earlier in his career, and so man, it just blew me away. And the graphics at the time, oh my god, the big battle on on Naboo, Naboo yeah. the Gungans and and the droids when all those droids came out of the tanks. And they all kind of did the about face and grabbed their guns and, and were standing there like, oh, yeah. And just this week on Nerve Rage, I've forgotten, you know, but when, when you saw, like, Qui-Gon put the blade into that door, you know, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, I'd never even considered this, you know? Mm-hmm. And when they, they took off at, like, super speed and were making super big jumps, you know, yep. it was like, man, like, I don't really know what the Force is anymore. You know, I thought I did and I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really built that Jedi world for us, and all the prequels did, and I've, I've come to really appreciate that. As hard as the acting is to watch, especially in Episode 2, uh, I still love it for what it does to, to build that world. It's yeah. Jedi Jedi. This is what they were referring to in the trilogy, and we get to see that, and I, I love it. And it also, like, uh, you know, and I'm just, as you're talking about it, it's making me think about it. Like, the one thing that Episode 2 does, we'll just expand the conversation into the into the, the prequels, but, like, it gives me that feeling that I haven't really felt in probably any Star Wars movie since Return of the Jedi in, in, a, in, a, in a major way, is that, like, when I saw Star Wars and I was like, man, I need all these alien creatures. I need every single one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, they're mm-hmm. all super cool. And then when I saw... Uh, you know, Jedi. I was like, I need Jabba's palace. Everybody, yeah, the, the little the little monster with the teeth sitting on next to. Yeah, I need that thing. Of course, I do. Right. Um, and I hadn't really felt that way again until Episode Two, when you saw all the Jedi, like the the army. And I was like, every one of these Jedi seems awesome. Like, I want the blue one. I want the two green ones. I want the 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 long headed one. I want you know, I, I want them all. Um, yeah, it, and let me tell you what what that did for me, especially in Episode Two, when you you see all the Jedi together on Geonosis. You look at them all fighting together, and I, I think you know, as kids, we we kind of we see humans, and it opens your mind up a little bit. You know what? It's not just about the humans. These are these are their own people too, and yeah. Yeah. we're all in this together. So it it, it kind of sheds a different light on how you might look at the world. Yeah. And I, you know, it's a, I remember feeling that kind of as we started seeing more of those Jedi and some of those things like, oh, OK, so I, I'm starting to buy in on this. These aren't just mindless creatures that look cool. There's actually they have their own personalities, they're their own beings and they're they're peers of the humans. And, you know, they, they're all working together. So I, I always thought that was a cool aspect that they they brought that that Star Wars can do and, and what other franchise can can do that. 
I kind of yeah, I agree, and I, and I kind of feel like, um, th- th- like the world building that the prequels did, you don't really appreciate until much later, and like it's almost like subtle. It's like the world seems so much bigger now than it did in the original trilogy, and there's like there's no undoing that, right? Well, and I think for us as viewers, it takes us a little while to digest because we're we're looking for such specific things, whether it is the the space battles or the main stories or what's going on with Anakin and that. But but as you get older and as you mature, you you spend less attention on those specific things and you start looking for those other things. Just like I as I was saying about after reading Plagueis, I'm looking at what's going on in Senate now. I'm looking at what's going right. on with the Trade Federation and some of these other worlds, and, and I can kind of see the manipulation that's going on behind the scenes right. in order to to build the situation that's in front of us. And, and maybe that's some of the disappointment that I have with the, the, the new sequel movies is that we don't have that background. We don't know how we've gotten here. So now the the book has helped develop that world, and we can see it with a ma- more mature mind. We know what's happened politically behind the scenes. We know why the Republic is in so much turmoil. Right. We understand the, the Nemoidians' role in the Trade Federation and, and why why they're doing what they're doing. And it just it, it sets that political landscape, which is a beautiful backdrop to the entire story. And I think I'm, I'm missing that from the sequels. You know, I'm also thinking about it in like um, <clears throat> it's it's also interesting. Like, Gort, how much of the EU did you consume during the prequel era? Oh, uh, all of it. Because like the EU is definitely an example of like films that like I feel like are a thousand percent enriched by the EU, like the prequel era. Hmm. There was probably the most content at the time, but it was. Um, relatively cohesive with what you were seeing on screen yeah and something sad but also amazing at the same time is when the clone wars cartoon came out it undid a lot of things and in some cases it might have done them better ultimately when you have it all in one big piece but as it was getting laid out you know people were getting pretty upset with the mandalorian situation in particular Mm. but i think that they fixed a lot of things i think we had a uh, you know good effect from that there's also some with the prequels you had comics that were taking place uh, between the movies mm-hmm. very directly, especially between two and three. Yep. It was pretty much the whole Clone Wars start yep. to finish. That's where you get a lot of the problems with the cartoons. A lot of it fits. Some of it doesn't, but it's very forgivable. Yeah. Um, and they were- lose a lot of characters that they introduce too, like some of these wacky aliens and everything that was fleshed out. Episode three, you know, you see everybody kind of get annihilated in Order 66 – and I'd grown pretty attached to those characters, especially reading the Dark Horse comics. And yeah. mm. you know, it was it was pretty sad the, that these were, you know, nobody ever had really a speaking role outside of uh, uh, Beldar. Well, I think that the, <laughs> the, the 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 dark the Dark Horse Clone Wars stuff is some of my favorite Dark Horse Star Wars comics. Period. Like, yeah, they did a lot of great stuff yeah. with a lot of those characters, and, and I agree there are some inconsistencies in regard to canon, like. And like some of the Ventress stuff doesn't line up right, but um, right, yeah. right. But you know, overall, Ventress is a funny one. Yeah, they they really she didn't have as much a story in the uh, comics and everything. Like she was just kind of there. She was a bit of a, just a grunt. She could use the force, but when they did flesh her out, she's pretty much um, oh shoot, what's her name? 
uh, the other bald one. Aura Singh. Aura Singh. Are you a bald? You know, you're already taking two characters that look very similar. They're right. they're both white, like chalk white, Joker hey. white. Yeah. They're bald. I don't see in color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they basically stripped Aura Singh's uh, Jedi background and gave it to Ventress in the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. And I was always upset about that. You know, we get Aura Singh eventually, but she's not the same. She's not this menacing force user she's just some chick with a sniper rifle yeah not the same no i agree i I, i'm not honestly i'm not sure which i prefer but but i hear you um yeah but yeah i think that like a lot of the 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 because like i heard some interview with george lucas like years later where he was saying how he wanted the the extra content to be the clone war Mm -hmm. like that episode two would initiate it and then episode three would close it and then all of the comics and novels and video games, et cetera, that came out between the two would tell the story of the Clone War. And it would, it would be, you know, three years worth of material. And it would be as if you were living through three years of the Clone Wars. And that is interesting. I don't think it hit. Like, I don't think it landed the way that they intended for it to. But um, it, is, it is an interesting way to present, like, storytelling, you know? Um. Now let's. Uh, I guess. Well, well, let me ask you before we move on to episode three, and we've kind of already got into the Clone War. But what, what was your? Do you remember your your kind of takeaway moment with uh, Yoda and the lightsaber? Oh my god, <laughs> dude! It's just another one of those things. I'm always interested in people's like reaction to that. Yeah, I I lost my mind. Yeah, me too. When he opened up his rope <laughs> and grabbed that lightsaber with the force <laughs> and lit it up, it absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. Now, now the jumping around and and all it was fine. I, I guess I was so caught caught up in the moment. I, I really just didn't care at that point. But to see Yoda move around and it, it's a miracle. You always felt like he was this dude on the <laughs> yeah, camp. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't move. <laughs> and now look at him. He's doing great. I'm so proud of him. Did but, um yeah? Did, it does awesome. it does the jumping around bother you now? No. I mean, how is how are they going to do it? The guy's what two feet tall, right? I mean, yeah. What are they going to do? He's got to bring something to the table, right? Can't really be walking back and forth. Yeah, they just get cut down. Yeah, I hear people saying like, you know, all the jump, like, and saying it as if they like they, but like, I don't know a better way to do it. Like, it made him seem dangerous. I don't know that jumping around is the problem, other than him going (laughs) the whole time. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is when you're fighting as him in the video game, it's it, it's cumbersome. Whatever video game you happen to be using him on, because <laughs> he's he's just jumping around like an idiot all the time with, with the lightsaber. Like, come on, yeah, yeah, let, let's take a normal stride. So, but but yeah, I, I don't know how else they would have done that. So I, I've I've never been mad at that. Um, the the scene at the end with Dooku, I, I think Dooku's character is very interesting. Um, I, I don't think he gets enough um, credit in his role yep. in the entire thing. Mm. Um, his background in the Jedi Order and and dissension within actually probably had some pretty noble uh, noble intentions to start with. And, and you know, people forget he was Qui Gon's mentor and master. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I want to ask you because he said that uh, if Qui Gon Jinn was there, you know, he would join him. Now, I think he believes that is true. I do Watching too. the movie, I feel he yeah. believes that's true. I don't know what Qui-Gon might actually do, but what's your take on that? I, I agree. I, I do think he believes that, or at least he wants Obi-Wan to believe that. 
Well, that's the I question, though, right? That. Like that's that is the yeah. heart of that question. Like, if you had to take a stance on that, what would it be? One or the other? I think he's trying to manipulate Obi Wan and buy his time. Really? Yes. Yeah, I think it, it doesn't matter because Obi Wan's gone. I yeah, see. Whether I'm... he actually thinks he would or not, his intention there is to try and persuade Obi Wan. I think he believes it. I think, like, I think he's. I mean, obviously, I think he's using it also as to say, like, like look, look how blinded you are by by the Jedi order. But I think he believes that Qui-Gon would be like, yeah, you're right. This is silly. Like, I, I think he believes that. I don't, I don't know if he would join oh, in no. what he was. Doing. So, yeah, so, of course, uh, as with current media, definitely not, but he really only shows up now just to lay out some force wisdom and that's about it. But yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think he would. Yeah. I don't think he would either, but I, would I think, love it if he would. but I think Dooku thinks he would. Yes. Yeah, of course. You know, bad, uh, the most interesting bad guys think they're doing the right thing, and of course, he he would he would hope that his apprentice would agree with him and what he was doing. So I I, I could buy that. Yeah, I could buy that. But you know, Qui Gon was the one Jedi who kind of saw what was going on with the Jedi Order to begin with, and I just I think it's interesting to think if he hadn't gotten killed at the end of Episode One, how he might have affected events to follow. And really, he's the one Jedi that needed to be out of the way in order for Palpatine to do what he needed to do. Hmm. Because Qui-Gon could have upset the entire thing. Right, right. That's true. That's true. It's interesting. I never really thought about that. Let more, me add- more with Dooku. When he's about to get executed, the look on his face, like that shock. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think he, he felt know, like... Did he know that Palpatine was uh Sidious. I think he 100% knew. I I'm don't not sure. think he knew how expendable he was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what surprised him. I think he knew what they were trying to do with Skywalker. I think they knew they were trying to recruit him. I don't think he knew that Palpatine was ready to give him the axe the way he did. See, I'm he not like, sure what? that you know, I helped you lord uh, sky no. here. You know, I, I I helped you set all this stuff up, and you're just going to let him cut my head off. I mean, what what the hell, man? <laughs> See, I'll, I'll tell you, that's how I've always seen it, um, the way Joe was describing it. But I think it is interesting to ask that question because, like, right right before that is when you know Palpatine says "do it," but he says it in the Sidious voice. You know, he's "do it." You know, like and 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 like I, I just conceptualizing that. Like, if if what if that was Dooku realizing they were the same? Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah, they're, they're, it's never something that you see. Like, you don't see them together. See, I love, way. I love those questions. It's always questions. Dooku Sidious. It's just like whether or not Kylo knows that Luke is his uncle. You know, like those type of questions where it's like, Mm-mm. you know, that we assume a certain way, but do we actually know? Like, I, I love that. I, like, I live for that stuff with Star Wars. I, I do enjoy that that bit of ambiguity because remember what he was saying was, hey, we're fighting against this because the Senate is under the influence of the Dark Lord of the Sith. Right. So we're we're trying to fight it. So is he being genuine, or is he in on it? Right. See, it's we, it's hard, we really it's don't know. know. We don't know. That's what we know. Yeah, no, I it, love I that. I think it's also something that we don't need to know. But I think it's more. I think it makes I, it more interesting. I like I like that the questions there. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, I agree. that's good. Uh, what were your thoughts on episode? So, were you, were you still by the time? Let me, so, episode three comes out. Were you still like? Um, 
I don't know what to call it, but blindsided by love for the for the prequels and that the fact that they were back, um, or had you started to see some of the flaws in the prequels by the time you got to episode three? Uh, I, it was obvious to me the, the flaws that I saw was mainly with the acting, and to this day, episode two is difficult to watch because of some of the acting. Hmm. It's holding me back. It just makes me cringe. Um, overall, as a story, I, I was never mad at it. So okay. I, I just, I kind of, I looked past a lot of that uh, to get to three. And, and my interest as three was coming out was, how are they going to turn this, this kid? Like you saw, you started to see some, some traits and some characteristic in, in, in episode two. Where okay, some some things are happening with this kid. You can see how he can be tempted by the dark side, but how is it actually going to happen? Because you remember back in Jedi, or or actually it was uh, a New Hope when Obi Wan says he was um he was mostly destroyed when he right. was turned by the Emperor. So hey, I wanted to see that, just like how we wanted to see the the Kessel Run. You know, right. you know, we all heard about this thing. So how does this happen? And so that was my big interest going into it. And um, and overall, I remember being very, very satisfied with it. Yeah. You know, see Darth Vader come up at the end. You know, the music cuts out right as you, you hear the the mask being tied down. Yeah. yeah. You know, you hear a little squeal. And he sits up and like, oh man, that's great. I always thought it was odd though when he does that. No, yeah, that just how he, you know, that was Frankenstein-y. Like, yeah, but like but, that when they put that helmet on him and he exhales for the first time and it blows the smoke, like it, like it blows the smoke, yeah, out from in front of the mask, like it, yeah, like, you know, like that. That's that's a that's still a good moment. I just got the goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it still is like a super strong moment. I mean, it's it's shortly thereafter kind of stepped on by him being a Frankenstein <laughs> and screaming no at the top of his lungs. Um, but that's still a good moment. Um, so then, you know, you, you you're the prequels are done, you know, mm-hmm. the, and we're moving on. What did you do from 2005 until, what was it, 07? No. Uh, when did Force Awakens come out? Well, it, yeah, it would have been, let's see, Force, Force Awakens, Awakens. That, that was uh, oh, 20, uh, 2015. 2015. Yeah. What so you- the time the time between, okay, and let me back up because I think seven. Bobby, we got to get you a calendar. <laughs> no, I, I think it's because I was thinking about 97, and I, there's, like, I had a couple of very monumental things happen in 07, so that's like one of my go-to things just to say the modern era. So I, I'm going to back up a little bit before I forget, because, it, you know, we were talking about our wives and kind of high, high school era, because I, I met my t- future wife in, in high school. I, I I think Star Wars was always part of kind of the conversation and wouldn't have surprised her because I had some friends who were also fans. I, I wouldn't call them geeks, but they, they were they were smart guys. They were, you know, they, they were part of that you know, maybe the A team in high school. And, and I remember my first, uh, I'll go ahead and put this out here. My first beer drinking experience came by, um, there was four of us as a group and we said, you know what, let's get together and watch all three star Wars movies in a marathon. 
And we're going to do it at one of the guy's sister's house. So she was older. She was married. They lived in a little place off on their own. So we, we went over there and we just had a party. And man, I, I could still remember some of the things that happened, but it was, it was kids being young and stupid, but that, that was my first drinking experience, you know, <laughs> knocking stuff off the wall and just, right. yeah, who, who, who knows what happened after A New Hope, but there, there was a lot of stories that kind of came out of that. So I, somebody asked the question, what your favorite party was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, one of the, yeah. maybe it was Shattercast or something, but that one, that one's in my top three for sure. I just, I remember all that just so fondly. Um, and the stories that came out of it, but it was surrounded by that that Star Wars backdrop, which we we never really watched after we finished the first one. So. You know, it's funny. We had um, after Revenge of the Sith came out on DVD, uh, I had a like a gathering at my house on Martin Luther King Day. I just remember it because everybody had that Monday off, right? Um, and we were going to try to make it like an annual thing. But we got together and we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner together, and we watched all six films back to back. And 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 when Jedi ended, we like we popped champagne and everything else. And I'll never forget my my buddy Mario who passed away in 2010. Um, he had worked like the night before, so he was like exhausted, and he like slammed all these like energy drinks and no dose. Like back to back, and like for no the, joke cola. You for remember like, joke cola? Yeah, of course. And for like for like the first half of the day, he was like halfway scared. He was having a heart attack for like the, <laughs> the first like three films. Um. So, but 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 anyway, moving into the uh, for to the modern era between the two, yep. did you did you watch Clone Wars or start collecting anything different? I did watch Clone Wars, but let, let me go back a little bit further. And um, actually, b- before I get into that, so what I'm going to talk about is um, Knights of the Old Republic mm. and how it, it really just pulled me in all the way into this Star Wars world. If the movies hadn't done it, that one for sure did it. But b- before I get into that, can we talk a little bit about some of the parody stuff that, that happened with those original movies? Sure. Like, have we ever known a franchise to be parodied, parodied like it has and and just still love it the way we do. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what have we gotten? We got Spaceballs, well, well, obviously. The first thing was Spaceballs. Right. Of course. Uh, and you got to go time, back further. Hardware Wars. Was it further? Wars. What was it? No, just Hardware Wars. Um, Come on, you don't know that? No, uh-uh. Oh, my God. All right, m- move along. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> see, see, Gord, this is why you're you're the man. So, yeah, I I, I don't remember that, but I, I do remember Spaceballs. But Obviously. even yeah, you know, things that came out a little bit later with the robot chicken and yep. the the family, family guy, guy stuff. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I, those things are almost as endearing to me now as some of the original trilogy stuff was, just because it was so good. But what other franchise do you know that could be? treated that way and still so beloved yeah you know, I, it all just works yeah but i think it's because the, you know, like even those parodies maybe with the exception of space balls but uh, not for certain but especially family guy and robot chicken you can tell that comes from a fan place oh they love it right absolutely it, it does it, it, it's not laughing at it's laughing with correct you know, and I think that's why, because it's endearing to me as well, especially the Family Guy stuff. You know, like uh, I always think back to the, you know, when when Han 
you know, cuts open the wampa and all that. And, you know, I thought they smelled bad <sighs> on the outside. And yeah, but then in Family Guy, he like breathes like 20 times. But like th- that only, you can only make that joke and you can only laugh at that joke if you love it. If you're a fan. Yep. Yep. Because anybody watching that episode would not understand, like, why is he breathing like that? Correct. It, what's the, it doesn't land. It, nope. Nope. And like uh, on Robot Chicken, the, the guy coming up and saying, I have a delivery for Bob A. Feet. <laughs> yeah, it's me. You know, just all that stuff, man. You just just love it. So I bring that up because my, my kids, you know, being born later after the prequels, that was kind of how... I got them into some of the Star Wars stuff with, was with like the family guy and the robot chicken stuff, you know, when they were kind of old enough, but they love it. Yeah. I mean, my girls probably love, you know, bad lip syncs, rocking and rolling. Oh my God. You know, they probably love that more than any of the films. Yep. My, my girls right there along with it. There's no many, no telling how many times they watch that stuff. Yeah. So, but, but it just shows, how special that trilogy is that, that things like that can come out and, and still you, you have that love. Like you say, you said it best. It comes from a place of love. Yeah, for sure. So I just, I, I really appreciate that. So I, I wanted to, to mention all that stuff, but th- going oh, back one more thumb wars. Did you ever watch yeah. that? Oh, oh yeah. God. Yep. yep. Forgot about that. <laughs> they, they did a bunch of those. Yeah. Bad I remember thumb. there was a Titanic one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a giant spider on the Titanic. <laughs> I'm a oh puppet. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> As way back, yeah. um, but getting uh, so go, going back to the timeline, video Night, games, Knights of the Old Republic. The Old Republic. I th- was that 2003, Gort? Yes. Okay, so that was when? When did Episode Three come out? 2005. Yeah. Episode Three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right before, but I, I remember playing that on my PC. And when you find out, spoilers, Revan is you. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. I, I just remember going through that story and just being blown away. And the world mm-hmm. that they built with that, even though the, the gameplay wasn't great, there were things that I, I, I liked the customization about. I liked being able to build that character. But it, just the world that they built, I thought was incredible. It's probably the most significant twist in Star Wars since uh, I'm Your Father. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. So, and, and for that to be you as the character, it really just, yeah, I, I, it was a brilliant move. Um, so Knights 2 came out a couple years after, mm-hmm. didn't quite have that level of, uh, punch. of pull and significance. It, yeah. it didn't have that much, but in going back and looking at it again after, I can I can see better what they were trying to do and the significance behind it with, with the force, the tear and the force and some of that. So I, I think at the time and in, in still my youth, I didn't really appreciate the story that they had built. But going back now as an adult, I, I get it now. And they definitely so I appreciate you, a lot more. And you know that that story is not done. You know, they definitely wanted to do a third. You know, oh, that's, absolutely. That, that's the other they thing. They have a third schedule. They right. did, technically. Right. With, right. Uh, the old Republic there. Well, no, but I mean, they they had like an, another more. I think they had another one. You know, whatever Mass Effect ended up being was going to be that. Yeah, they they had a Kotor three on the books. Yeah, planned, and they canceled it. I still want that game. Yeah, you and me both. 
Well, like I, Old Republic went quite a distance with uh, Revan's story. They do tie it up, but I can't say that I loved every second of that. Yeah, uh, some of it being better than other uh, parts, but like a genuine Revan-driven story, not where you're just walking into it as you do in some big open right. world game. Right. But that would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, I, I will say one of my disappointments in myself as a fan was that I didn't get into the Old Republic um, online game. I, I've never been into the multiplayer online game stuff, but as I learn more about what happens in that game and even some of the Legends books that surrounds it, I'm I'm sad that I don't know more about the world that they've built because I think it's probably pretty amazing. Um, I know there's rumored to be a Knights of the Re- Old Republic type of, I don't know if it, is it a trilogy movie or is it a TV show? What What is it, Bobby? I know you, you so, keep up with that. So it's, there. many have assumed that these Game of Thrones folks were going to do a Knights of the Old Republic movie. They have been given at least two movies. Somehow we turned that into a trilogy, but on the books they only have two scheduled. And then recently they came out that this other person might be helming it. So we might be getting a Knights of the Old Republic-inspired movie, but it, it doesn't look like at this point it's going to be done by the Game of Thrones folks. And there's no word on how many it's going to be. See, my opinion, which I know really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but that world is so big, that should be a TV series or a miniseries yes. of some, some kind. Um, the Revan part of that story is just a small part of the story. You know, when you look at the Sith Empire and the wars with the Republic there, they, they could do a TV show and not even introduce Revan until season two or three. Well, the, the What thing- they could do is every season – like a different area of the story, like a different era or war, part of the war. Yeah. Just different sections of it. I I think you could do it as a movie. It's just that Revan becomes the Skywalker focus. It does. You know what I mean? And then you do all the supplementary stuff as seasons and spinoff films and all that kind of stuff. It would be my my kind of general way to approach it. I could co-sign that for sure. Like, but I'd, that, I'd be curious that, to see what original story they might tell rather than retelling something. But if they're doing Revan as a character, it's not going to have the same impact as it did because everybody already knows the big secret. They'd either have to come up with something brand new. Yeah, they'd have like to. new characters or just a new twist with Revan. Yeah, Does everybody to. know? Well, that's because a, remember, a, lot of, this a lot is, of people know. But this is Disney we're talking about. Yeah, yeah And but, Disney doesn't cater just to the fans. They cater to everyone. And yeah. so they would do something to try and appeal to everybody, whether they're into this stuff or not. And so I wouldn't put it past them to try and, and make something like that happen. That's and fair. Build something around the character. That's even fair. if we already kind of know the history behind this character. I think it would definitely be spoiled, though. <clears throat> I, oh, sure. You know what I mean? Because who would, like, you know, just six degrees of separation, I feel like a large majority of people once that ball started rolling would know because people at the, well, at the kitchen table would start talking. Do you know what I mean? To, to mm-hmm. be fair too, look at, look at what rebels did with a character like Thrawn. You know, we, we have something that's very on point, but it's very different. Yep. And I don't think anybody was going to complain about that. Like it's, it's too good for hey, what you're getting. That's true. And, and, and Bobby, everybody knew who Anakin becomes. Right. True. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I don't so, know. That's that's yeah, a we'll, good point. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, but I am kind of tired of of just hanging around the same time frame around the the trilogy. I, I it actually, doesn't seem like they've really built it. Actually, I, I hate to I hate to cut you off, and I'm going to let you finish. But you know what? The fans knew that Palpatine was the Emperor. You know, and I feel okay. and yeah. I and I feel like the general public still didn't know. I, I we we give the general public too much credit. Yeah, you might Maybe, be right, but it's also a different time. You know, we have the viral videos right, going right. That's crazy true. Now that's true. True, true. Uh, oh, uh, another example that popped into my head where you're taking a lot of story elements, you're telling something in some way similar yet completely different, would be what Marvel did with uh, Thanos. Like you have a lot of the core elements, but it's a completely different oh, story. Yes, it still yeah. leaves surprises for everybody. I mean, it's it's love what I mean. death and all this. right. And to be fair, I mean, the Infinity War Thanos is. I mean, that's a completely different character. It's not the same, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect Revan to come back onto a screen and be the same character. Um, right now, he's not even canon uh, at all. Yes, uh, and mm-hmm. and you know what else is interesting though, if you think about it, is like. Revan isn't a super defined character. So they kind of could have their way with him a bit because everybody yeah. sees Revan differently because everybody played the game differently. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's part of the problem with the old Republic video game, inserting him into that. You're getting a lot of loose ends tied up with the story. Hell, they threw HK 47 into that game too. Right. And it was fantastic. Right. It was great. Love that droid. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but the story skews off like they gave him a look, they gave him a voice, and that's something that people you know, felt a way about because it hadn't been done before. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it has to be done if you really want him on the screen. One right. Day, but, you know, eh, let's hope they make him look a little different than they did there. Yeah. 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 It's pretty beat up. Well, just give it to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't um, think I'll complain <laughs> when the time so, comes. Right. So how did your did – you, did you watch The Clone Wars when it was coming out? I I did. I did watch the Clone Wars, and I remember going to the movie theater to see the movie, and I'm like, I'm not into this. Yeah, me neither. Who, who, who is this Ahsoka? I, that's Anakin didn't have a Padawan. What, what is this? I just, I just hate so, yeah, Snips. Yeah. I, just, I just hated the lingo, man. That's what I hated. I hated the R2-y. <laughs> I hated the, uh, yeah. what was the other one? Sky Guy. Ugh. That's well, what and the little baby booger Jabba that they kept toting around yeah. you know you know Jabba had a kid was it did he have a wife I mean how, how does it even work I suppose it so I, I, just, <laughs> I remember yeah. being a little confused by the whole thing but uh you know I, I remember my my oldest Adra she she liked it and all which was fine but as, as the cartoon series or I won't call it a cartoon I'll call it animated series um continued it did start to uh start to have a little more appeal to me. It it wasn't so much the snips and all that. And especially as it got into subsequent seasons, uh, yeah, I feel like they established the world pretty well in that first season. And they really started diving into some of the the things that I wanted to see more of in seasons two and three and on. So I, I got into it. And again, like, like a lot of TV shows, you have to take your medicine with some of the episodes. Right. right, right. Was it there one or two, or seems like it was five episodes where R2 was going in the desert looking for something <laughs> like it was all about that. I'm like, what the heck are they doing? Oh, so that with the clone trooper. Yeah. Some I mean, it drugs. was, yeah. So they go off on these tangents sometimes, which 
I, I, I don't know. And it was yeah, it's, it's, like Anakin and Obi Wan be separated for so long, and you forget what was going on with Obi Wan, or, right. or or vice versa. Exactly. But I, I love you know getting to know Obi Wan more. That relationship he had with Satine, uh, the Mandalorian, was was very interesting. Uh, they went to the. Uh, I can't remember the world it was. In fact, it was kind of a mystical place where there was the the father with the daughter and son, and they represented the light side and the yeah. dark side. That's you know, some of that was really good. Uh, the witches of um, where did Maul? Yes, yes, all that was great. Yeah, loved it. Agreed, agreed. Loved it. So overall, it definitely added to to my experience and what I was after. I I enjoyed it. What about the Disney era? Uh, Disney era that would start with the force awakens, right? Correct. Yep. Um, I remember, so I think one of the questions that was on one of you guys' shows, uh, recently was your favorite, uh, movie going experience to one. And, and I told a buddy of mine, so there's a couple guys that I work with that are big fans. We went on a Friday afternoon and watched the force awakens. And I think it was the second time for all of us and just, just had an absolute ball. Just loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Um, there was things about it we still didn't understand. We wanted more, but we were just so happy to have something else. Uh, we were big fans of, of Ray. You know, Ray's a cutie, and, you know, she's endearing and charming and all this. And Kylo's an interesting character. I mean, dude, stopped a you know, laser beam with his with the Force. Yeah. Come on. So we, we haven't seen that before. So th- there was a lot of good with it. Um, Han going through his, his journey and ending his journey the way he did. I don't know that we still understand completely what happened there. I agree. And maybe episode nine will tell us and maybe it won't. Were you, were you here in the basement at Skullfest when we had that, like, you know, the, like kind of like just session of talking about hopes and dreams for nine? No. Uh, Huh. Nope, I wasn't part of that. Because oh, you didn't, but, uh, yeah, because you didn't crash here. I didn't, dude. The conversation that we had—I know New York Mike was there, Kalen was here. Like, it was so, it, it, like, the biggest shortcoming of Skullfest nineteen was that conversation wasn't recorded. Yeah, like it was one for the books. But yeah, I agree with you in regard to when I leave. (laughs) Well, this is like you know, like there's always like these little intimate moments as everybody starts falling asleep at like you know one o'clock in the morning or whatever. Um, But like, uh, I agree with you that I think there's there's wiggle room for some interesting stuff regarding Han's death. Yeah, and and nine. Well, it ties into Kylo and and his true. Motivations. Yep. You know what? He's going to finish what Vader started. What, what did he start? Yeah. Or, uh, or is he going yeah. to finish what Anakin started? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We we just don't know. Um, I'm nervous about it. You know, I, I heard the Emperor's laugh, and even though the Emperor is my favorite all-time fictional villain, I, I'm worried how they're going to utilize that. If they bring him back in some some way, a certain way. Will it discount what happened in Jedi? I, I don't know. <clears throat> you mean in terms of um, he's still alive, right? So let me ask I you mean, a question: is he alive, a recording? We don't know yet. Do you do you yeah, turn off? Do you turn off the spoilers on Nerve Rage? I don't. Okay, I, I want it. Give it to me. 
Well, I, I I don't know if I don't know if Gordon Gordon and I haven't even discussed about talking about potential spoilers on this show. So. Oh, um, so I don't even know if it's something that we want to dig into well, it's here. The same thing with Nerd Rage. Do a countdown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, ninety nine. Yeah, but I, I I don't know. I don't know if this is the right place for. It. But but just saying just saying that like have you. Hearing the spoilers that we've talked about on Nerd Rage that are like in in regard to Palpatine are mm-hmm. pretty confirmed. Like mm-hmm. how did, how does that sh- strike you? I really don't know yet because I, it, I, I'm I'm, try, I'm to be honest with you, I really am trying not to think about it too much because hmm. I want to see how they present it. Right. I I'm somebody who who tries not to. To project or um, what, what's the word? Uh, try and, and contemplate what might happen. I, I try not to worry about things to come that are out of my control. So I just I, I want it to be fed to me and let me see how it digests. Right. Um, I do worry that it, it if Palpatine is still alive, I, I'll probably be of two minds of it. One, I'll respect the heck out of Palpatine because he found a way to stay alive you know what his master taught him to do he figured it out mm-hmm. and if he figured it out it means he was lying to anakin the whole time so right you know good on him which by the way i think the emperor's best superpower if you want to call it that is his patience yeah dude who waited a long time yeah he played the long game to, he did and you you got to tip your cap to him the guy did it um, but it could but I, theoretically to, to talk on your second your, your being of two minds like it could change the dynamics of who the chosen one is. It, it absolutely could, and it could diminish somewhat the significance of what happened on that second Death Star in Jedi. Yeah. So, I I just don't know yet, and I I'm, I'm trying not to feel a, a certain way about it. I, I don't get passionate about it before I see it. So we'll we'll just see what happens. Um, all the waiting game, but I don't think it'll undo anything. It might take away some of the meaning, but not in the moment there uh, for the throne room scene. Well, if you look at it as the significance being between Luke and his father, I get that. But then if you look at it in the larger sense between what, what Anakin slash Vader does uh, to the emperor, which is what he was hoping to do forever. You know, if he really didn't accomplish his goal, what does, what does that mean really? Yeah, well, like so, like, but it's layered, though, right? Because like, it is because, like, if 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 the chosen one is to vanquish the Sith, right? If that is if that is the main objective, and brings balance to the Force by doing so, if if Vader doesn't kill the Emperor, Luke dies. Uh, if Luke dies, the rebellion is. I don't know the the rebellion. I don't know. Like the like, does the rebellion live on? Because if the if the rebellion is destroyed, if like like if this chain of events doesn't happen, and let's say Kylo, let's say Kylo just throwing the dice, Kylo or Ray end up destroying the the Emperor for good in nine, then okay. it would mean that one of them is the chosen ones. But do they even exist without Vader? You know, like, and, and without Vader turning, and without Luke turning Vader, like, it's like the sequence of events has to happen, like, in order, in order for, you know, the Sith to be vanquished. And if that's the case, then I guess who ultimately ever pulls the trigger is the chosen one. But mm. 
you can still say, well, the chosen one wouldn't even be able to have an existence had it not been for Luke, and Luke wouldn't be able to have an existence had it not been for Vader or Anakin. True. You know, so like there is, it's still layered. You know, like what that's fucking Star Wars, right? Or they could have all been blown up on that Death Star, and none of this sequel stuff would have happened. And you know, <laughs> who knows? Right, right. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, does the rebellion even live on without Leia? You know, because Leia gets the plans to, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you, mm-hmm. if, you, if you take out that bloodline, none of it happens. The, the, right. the empire just reigns forever. Yep. Um, what about Rogue One? Loved it. Yeah. Which is going to sound like it contradicts. Well, it doesn't necessarily contradict. What, what, it's, I, but what it's I said earlier. It's just interesting because it doesn't yeah. necessarily fit those dynamics. as well. It's a thematically different story in the first place. It's very removed right. from your Skywalker story. Right. It is. Uh, you know, one of, one of the fascinations with, with the religious aspect of it is, is trying to understand people's um, beliefs and motivations and, and why they make the decisions that they do. When you look at Rogue One, there's some decisions that are made, some sacrifices that are made that, that have significance. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people that I, I talk to, I would say casual fans or not really fans that watch the movie, I'll include my, my wife in it, hates that movie. Why? Because everybody dies at the end. But I'm like, you're, you're missing the point of this movie. You're missing the significance behind what they accomplished, what they did. And how it led to the events that are about to take place. So I enjoyed that story as opposed to Solo because what happened in that story had significance. It meant something Mm. to everything else that was to happen. And I I appreciated that. You know what's funny is is my wife is – I wouldn't say she's a a casual, but I I wouldn't say she's a mega fan either. Um, She just kind of digs it and will watch and enjoy the movies and that's about the extent of it. But like Rogue One's her favorite Star Wars movie, and I, I think it's really yeah. I, but I think it's because it's so palatable, it's so digestible. It's like my commitment for this is I step in, I know nothing, you know nothing, she knows nothing, he knows nothing. I watch mm-hmm. two hours of cinema, and the story is told, and it's done. Like whereas yeah. <clears throat> she struggles with like when we watch, we might watch uh, episode, you know, two. And she'd be like, so is she, so this, so he's not even Vader yet. You know, like she gets confused to the timeline. Do you know what I mean? Because, because every piece is just such a piece to this, such a large story that she's like overwhelmed by it at times, you know, but, but Rogue One is like you, you, it has no connections. I mean, obviously it's connected, but it has no real connections to any other part of the, of the movies. You can just sit down, watch it, enjoy it and get up and walk away and feel fulfilled in a way. Right. You don't have to have information with you going in. Correct. In order to be able to appreciate Rogue One. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, and then La- Last Jedi, we've kind of talked about a bit. Is there right. any more that you want to add to that one? No, uh, other than I, I do appreciate the video that you did on Luke. <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah, just, just to just to kiss your butt a little bit. No, but, no, no, no. I get that a lot because yeah. a lot of people like hated fucking Luke and oh, sorry, but uh, Luke in that movie. It, but you know what I mean. But then after that video, they're yep. like, oh, okay, that makes it better. Well, and, and what you said, what he did was the most Jedi thing that we have ever seen any Jedi do in any movie. 
you're 100% right. He stood down and stalled an entire army without harming a soul. Yep. They're, they're, you're 100% right. So I, I'm right there with you. That did, that did help me. Yeah. So Dude, thank he, he's for the, that. He's the only one that wins in that movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So, yeah. but but there there's more to be told with that story, and and again, I, I know I've said it before, but I'm really trying to withhold um, my feelings on the entire sequel trilogy until I see this this ninth one. It, it, what what happens in the ninth? I want that to make me want to rewatch seven and eight. Yeah, that's how I'll know that it's a good movie. Well, dude, I I want. I mean. For me, it's like uh, like w- whatever happens at the end of any trilogy, I want to be able to go back and watch episode one and have everything mean more. You know, like because I did have that feeling. I remember watching uh, A New Hope after watching Revenge of the Sith, and like stuff seemed different. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like little things started to seem different to me, but it, it in a good way. Well, and it's not just Vader. It's not this madman in a mask. It, you know this guy, right? But, yeah, it, it means something different now. Yeah, but I mean, even also like seeing how seeing how the fight really went down with Obi Wan and Vader, and then Obi Wan talking to Luke about you know, and then saying like uh, you know, laughing like I knew your father, and then like getting sad like before the dark time, you know, like yep. it, it yep. just it ends up meaning a, having a different vibe to it. I love. That. I, I agree, hundred percent. And, and can I say? That that um, fan made film of the Vader Obi Wan <laughs> yeah. fight scene at the end of New Hope. Oh my god, <laughs> it's terrific! That thing <laughs> I've seen that thing a dozen times. Yeah. I bet. Love, love um, it. And we've kind of talked about Solo and, and our anticipation for Nine a bit too. So b- b- let me ask you one quick question, and then and then I want to have a, a bit of a open discussion here for a second. And that is, uh, did you watch Rebels? I did. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I think for some of the similar reasons I enjoyed the Clone Wars, it, it helped build the world. It helped build up toward the rebellion. Yeah. Um, not completely satisfied the way it all ended and turned out. I, I'm a little disappointed it didn't go a little deeper than it did. Yeah, me too. Me but too. yeah, I, I do appreciate that they, I feel like they had some restrictions because they, there was so much done or so much written and produced that takes place chronologically after what they're Correct. writing. I feel like they were a little bit hamstrung. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. But I also, so, but, I, I also think that like, uh, I, like I love, there's certain characters in there that I feel like, like Kanan and Sabine in, in particular, yeah. like I feel like I got their story, both of them. Like yep. I feel satisfied. Um, Ezra, I feel like they probably could have done a bit more with. You think we'll see any more from him? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's I think they, tough one. yeah, I think they tried to leave it open uh, enough to explore the idea, but I could have gotten more Ezra. I could have gotten more Ahsoka. Uh, I know it's not her story, but I still feel like they left that a little too open. Zep had a pretty good arc, you know, kind of getting friendly with um, the Imperial commander. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Especially you know, he was right. Callus. Callus. So he was one of the more interesting characters to me in that series. You know, coming from the Imperial side and and having, I guess, having the change of heart because he was never 
always working with the rebellion. He he went through a change. Yeah. He seemed a lot more cold in the first season than they make him out to be later, but I think it works out um, ultimately pretty well. Yep. Uh, bring bringing in Rex. Oh, it was great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That was cool. Rex so got nice. to return at the Jedi it was too. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm all in on that. So I, I I'm good with that stuff. Nice. Somebody so, correct me if I'm wrong too, and this could be in the comments. Um, when somebody when they when they jump that stormtrooper uh, before they all go into the bunker, I think it's Rex that dresses up as the uh, scout, like he's the one that takes the scout armor and is wearing it and like you know acting as fake guard. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, dude, yeah. Rex is the man. Rex is the man. He is. Um. Yeah. Well, going going back to you know talking about Rex because Rex was the one that um somehow removed his implant or disabled it after order 66. Right. So I, I love how the clone wars went back and explained that a little bit more about the chip in the brain and, and all that. That was, I thought that was all Me pretty too. brilliant. Me too. So I, I needed that. Do, um, do you have any sort of, um, uh, well, I guess, I guess, you know, to change gears, where are you at? And because and, I know you have the reason why I've been circling back to it because I've seen your collection and you do have some Star Wars pieces now, right? I do. What do you What do you do now? So right now it, it's limited. In in fact, I I just got rid of a lot of things. Um, what I primarily have are a few shelves with uh, Force users. So that's going to be Jedi and Sith, and then. Um, bounty hunters and kind of a Jabba's throne room. And that's, that's pretty well it. And all, all that's uh six inch scale. So most is SH figure arts. Some of the fillers is, is black series. And then I have three star Wars hot toys figures, actually, sorry, four. Um, and all of these are the most significant characters mm-hmm. to me. And that's Yoda. It's the emperor. It's Vader and Luke. So that's that's the extent of what I'll call the the higher end collectible stuff, and then of course the micro machines uh, stuff. And uh, I have a Han Solo in carbonite fathead <laughs> on the door yep. to my crawl space, which um, surprisingly interesting story. The way I found out fathead even made one of these was just randomly one night I was Jeopardy was on with my man Alex Trebek. And it was one of the questions on the show. I, I don't even know why I was watching. I, I I don't even make a habit of watching it, but it was just very random. And he said that that Ed made a Han Solo and Carbonite. I'm like, no kidding. So I jumped online right away and looked like there it is. And my buddy Eric came over one day, and it took us about a half hour to get that thing up on the door without air bubbles and all that so we we started at the top and you know it's got to be even and it's actually not square it's a little bit wider on the bottom than it is on the top i guess to give the illusion that it's leaning back a little bit so um i I purposefully had that door made to where it's flat so that i could put that fat head on it all the way down i took the doorknob off rolled it all the way down and it's a black doorknob so really you don't even notice the doorknob but it's um, it, it definitely catches people's eye whenever they walk into the the man cave. But see a life size Han Solo there on the wall. 
Yeah, I like that in the photos. <laughs> yeah. Dude, your setup is amazing. Um, um, thank the you. The Hot Toys. Which Luke do you have? The Jedi one. So, so basically, there's um, in, in the basement, when we moved in, it was unfinished. And there's some support beams that we just could not move. So I had to figure out what to, to do with these columns. So between some of them, I, I built a couple bars. But between these two that were kind of close together, I had three shelves put in and some cabinets underneath. So the bottom shelf is the emperor sitting in his throne and Vader and Luke kind of dueling it out. So that's that's the bottom shelf there, and then uh, up above that is is Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit in uh, in the gantry, mm-hmm. you know, kind of taking it off with with Pepper looking on, and then the top is the the Dark Knight, um, Bruce Wayne and Alfred looking the other direction. And what's cool about it is you can you can look at it from both sides, but those are the centerpieces of my collection and display. Too. So very yeah, really 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 very happy with how all that turned out. So. Thank you. <clears throat> do um do you do you plan on going any further with Star Wars? Do you feel like I, I've got what I need collecting wise? Like I have my boxes checked and I'm good. Or is there something that's like, man, but if they did this, like say a two tubes, <laughs> <laughs> you had two tubes, man. <laughs> well, you've already got a two tubes. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't bring that up. Um, no, not, not really. I, I would say I, I crave more of the, the fiction and the lore and, and things like that. I, for me as a collector, I'm always someone who kind of collected to the space I have. Right. And even though I could, I could really add a lot in here, but I don't want it to look cluttered and junky. Um, yeah, I, I've got one wall in particular that most of my transformers are on and, and the, the cabinets are spaced out intentionally because I, I, for me, I didn't want just a whole wall full of stuff. I, I like the breakup because I've got blue walls, mm-hmm. and and I just to me it's more gratifying than than if I just fill up every single space. No, I so agree. I'm, I'm trying to limit myself there. Um, I have my favorite characters in what I think is the best representation that I can get them in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't. There's nothing else that I really crave. Um, a couple. A couple things that we haven't talked about as far as my Star Wars collecting that, that I will bring up. Um, back in the day, I was into the Lego Star Wars quite a bit. Okay. And I had a, a pretty impressive collection. So this is before third-party Transformers came out. So I, I've always been a collector of something, and that was the something for a period of time. So um, I when had that collection. start collecting the Lego? Well, I would say... When, when, did, when would you say you... Because like the Lego game has changed dramatically in regards it to has. franchise stuff, but when let me ask you this specifically: When would you say you turned up the temperature on it? It was with that Lego game, man. Because as I'm playing that original saga with the six episodes in it, man, I wore that game out, played it over and over again, and and it was almost like a mind trick thing because as as I'd play with these characters and these things on the game, like I, I gotta have it. And and so that kind of fed the fuel into my need for that collection. And I had I had a lot of stuff from early in those Lego Star Wars days up until I want to say when did I get out of that? It was about 2011 when I I kind of sold it out and I I got into 
more to the transformer things that was that was kind of early days and the resurgence of some of that stuff but um my thing with the lego is i i love building it i love looking at it some but then it just sat on the shelf and i couldn't do anything with it but with action figures you can change the poses and all with transformers you can mess with them but right but the lego was kind of a one and done and i wasn't less satisfied so i ended up selling all of that stuff and and actually from a financial standpoint, did pretty good on it because by that time they had just started release, re-releasing some of those original sets. But what I was, um, when I was getting rid of it, they were still in pretty high demand. Cause I, I had a, a cloud city set that came out very early on that was highly sought after. And I remember there was a guy that, uh, actually was with the 501st Legion who bought it from me, but I, I sold all that stuff on Craigslist, but it was, um, I, I enjoyed that. That was yeah. fun. And then um, the other two things I'll I'll mention briefly is um, a couple custom lightsabers. You know, Bobby, I, I saw you you had some lightsabers in your place, which is is cool. And I I don't have mine displayed yet. I need to figure out how I want to do it. But uh, a few years back, there's a company called um, Kyberlight uh-huh. Sabers, like and they name. had a special. Yeah, that was cool. So you could buy them in these kits and kind of put them together custom like. And so I bought two, they have a Cree led light on the inside of them. So they could be whatever color you want, but these are the ones you can bang around and they're practically indestructible. So me and my girls can go outside and just absolutely wail on one another and they won't break. Yeah. There's a, there's a few that are like that. Like, um, was Saber Forge is like Saber Forge is the other. Yeah, and I th- I think the Saber Forge ones probably look better, but what you order is what you get. And there's no customized. I I like the kid aspect to it. I like if I want to change the way mine look, I I want to be able to do that. So I, I have those kits, but Saber Forge, man, they they make some beautiful pieces. Um so we we got to start wrapping this up. Uh Okay. So let me ask you just in in closing like what is your anticipation and and kind of hopes and thoughts and dreams regarding the you know the future of the franchise? I hope they close out with episode nine on a very positive note, and and like we said earlier, I, I want it to be to where I want to rewatch at least seven and eight. If it makes me want to go back and watch all nine, man, that's a bonus. Right. But I want seven and eight to really be amplified by what happens in, in nine. Um, outside of that, you know, we, we talked about the, um, the old Republic stuff, which we mentioned Revan and Revan's kind of the character that comes to everyone's mind, but that he's not even really the, the main character I'm I'm thinking that much about, you know, that Sith emperor kind of his whole journey. I'd love to see some of that. I want to see them build not just more of what we've seen in some of the books, but I I think they can go beyond. Uh, So you know, it's a it's a full galaxy. They can do, they they can just write their check, right? And and idiots like us will just keep keep buying it. Okay. You know? <laughs> Joe, thanks for coming on. And oh uh, man, and Gort, I was thinking, man, like, what if I think what we should do is like keep a you know like a running tab of like the guests that we have on and check back with them after nine for like a fifteen minute talk about how they feel about it now. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, look, 
It's it's been my honor to be on, man. I mean, just when when Gort hit me up, I was like, he he said, how how big of a Star Wars fan are you? I, and I told him an eight out of ten. And the reason is I, I'm not I'm not that guy that that dresses up as as a Sith Lord when I go out for for you know, drinks or whatever. I mean, you, you see some of these guys, and I, I can't repeat what Jabba says on Return to Jedi verbatim. But you don't speak Hatties. I, I don't, I don't. So, you know, I, but, uh, I, it has been a pretty big part of my life. It, it, it made me go back and really think about just how significant this series has been for me since the early days that, that I can remember. It's always been around and it's always been dear to me. And it, it's not just a movie franchise. It, it's, it, it means something more. So there's there's love there. It's unique, right? Yeah. In that way where like most of us, you know, in our age bracket, like we kind of grew up with it. Like it yep. as a franchise and us as people, you know, grew, yeah. up, grew up with it. Uh, Gord, yeah. Gord has a um, a little lightning round kind of question series and we'll we'll end with that. So go for it. Okay. All right. You ready, Joe? Hit me. All right. We're going to start with favorite character. Emperor Palpatine. Thought so. Favorite planet? Uh, favorite planet is going to be. Uh, I want to be obvious and say I'm, I'm going to say um, Alderaan. Well, it's not Alderaan. No, it's not. It's not Alderaan. That's <laughs> bad news, isn't it? it it's it's Alderaan because it, there's a lot of significant Jedi things that are happening there. Yeah, For we sure. just, we we need we need more of that. All right. Favorite lightsaber color. Um, I'm gonna say green. All right, favorite ship. Favorite ship, Slave One. All all kinds of funny reasons for that. Uh, it, not only does it look like a shoe, but it has a really racist name. So it doesn't look like it can fly. <laughs> right. And it uh, it's it was yeah. designed after a light post. Interesting. No that kidding. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. you're going out to the bar. What crew member from a KOTOR game you taking with you? Mm, Bastila. <laughs> Come on, girl. Right. Let's talk it up. <laughs> That's all I got. Nice. Well, thanks again, Joe. And um, <laughs> thank you guys, man. And, and thank you guys for listening. We'll be back. Yeah. We'll be back actually, I think, in, in shorter than you may think. <laughs>